Welcome back to the Ascent Cycling Podcast for the daily recap number 14, following the stage between Cittadella and the Monte Zoncolan stage one by a breakaway with Lorenzo Fortunato taking the win for Eolo Cometa ahead of Jan Tratnik and Alessandro Kovi. A very interesting stage, uh, potentially a bit underwhelming. Joe, how are you today and what do you make? Very well, thank you. And you? Um, I'm very fine, thank you very much for asking. Uh, it was an interesting Saturday. Sports-wise, we had cycling, we've got football, there was F1. Uh, but I think the Zoncolan was the key moment of uh, a sports afternoon. And I have to say, I am disappointed putting this stage. It was underwhelming, wasn't it? We both said yesterday in our preview of the stage that surely this is going to be won by a big favourite from the peloton. But now in the Maglia Rosa, maybe Yates or even someone like Vlasov, who knows? But I was sure would have another big name winning on the Zonkalan. Didn't really suit a breakaway on paper, but somehow they let a breakaway get away. And of course, taking nothing away from Yolo Comessa, their first win at a Grand Tour. Lorenzo Fortunato as well. What a win for him. I think his first pro win on the Zonkalan at the Giro. Unreal for him. But in the end, I would I would agree, an underwhelming stage. Indeed, a very good win for, uh, for Fortunato. I mean, I'm very happy for Eolo. I think they came into this tour um, really overlooked by many. Uh, potentially people thinking that they didn't really deserve their place, but they were there through Contador and Ivan Basso being the like director sportifs and I think manager of the team. Uh, Contador, who's absolutely thrilled. I mean, there was a post on Twitter of him being completely bonkers and I love to see it. Um, yeah, Tratnik, very strong second place. Uh, interestingly enough, I think the riders that were in the breakaway on the riders that finished well, I mean, the two main climbers was George Bennett and Valka Molema. And once again, we've had Bennett versus the Trek and once again, they choked. Uh, so, I mean, congratulations on that end for them a lot. Uh, but come back on the peloton. Uh, we had Astana trying to pace. Um, they pissed in the first climb. Uh, and they've, they've actually managed to drop a few guys. Uh, Bernal was uh, very strong coming back in that down portion. But we had a second group with the likes of Buchmann and Caruso. And then we had a third group with Remke Venepoel. Um, so I, I think Remke in the downhill portion is not great. He might be the Belgian Zakarin. I call Carthy the British Zakarin, but I think Remke might be the Belgian one. Uh, and then it was uh, everyone back together as we started the Zonkolan. Gap of six and a half minutes at the bottom of the climb. Um, and yeah, Fortunato was strong enough to hold on. Bernal, strongest out of the GC riders, following a very good move by Simon Yates. And then countering him and just going to the line. I think he's the fastest man ever on this side of Zonkolan now. Uh, so Bernal, if he has any back issues, it's from carrying this Giro. It's not from another injury. <laughs> that is certainly the case. But I guess let's first focus on the breakaway because, like you said, Balkan Molima and George Bennett were in that group. Trek and Yumbo uh, and Yumbo Visma played an absolute blinder today. They played a great, a great move, putting Afini and Jacopo Mosca in that break to pull for Balkan Molima and George Bennett, who theoretically had to do nothing until the Zonkalan. And I don't know if you saw, Guillaume, but Eduardo Afini's face coming into the Zonkalan, he gave absolutely everything. And I think I saw a stats. Apparently, he averaged something like 360 watts across the first five hours of the stage, literally for the entirety of the stage until the Zonkalan. Eduardo Afini and Jacopo Mosca played an unreal, unreal day from them. But so disappointing from Balcom Olmer and George Bennett, who would have been the big favourites from that group in the, in the breakaway. And what a chance for those guys to get their, their first Giro stage win as well. They must be very disappointed with their performance, I think, on that final climb. But yeah, Lorenzo Fortunato, what's a, what's a climb from him? He's got some good potential as a, 
I don't know. I think he's 25. So he is mid-20s now. But who knows what he, he could do for Yolo Kamesa. Maybe go on to be their leading climber. Well, he, he already seems to be that. Um, but as the team grows as well, it could be a good opportunity for him. But yeah, for Trapnik and Kobe to outclimb Molima and George Bennett, they have to be so disappointed. They really have. And I mean, from from a purely Bauke Molima standpoint, who's a multiple stage winner, he's won Lombardia, he's won Classica San Sebastian, uh, he, I think, podium the Grand Tour. He started the Zonkolan with six and a half minutes on Egan Bernal, and he got overtaken by Bernal. How... Like, that must be a shock mentally to know that you've lost six and a half minutes to Bernal in 14 kilometers when you're meant to be a renowned climber. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so disappointing. And Molimo was ahead of Bennett as well. I'm not sure what these guys are doing wrong, but it seems they've dropped away from the GC and just don't have the legs. They just don't have the legs to really challenge for these stages, even in the breakaways, which they'll be very disappointed by for sure. But anyway, that's the GC battle. Like you say, Igan Bernal, his shoulders and his back in particular must still be hurting because he is carrying the Giro. As you say, he is flying right now. He looks untouchable. This was his first big challenge, I think, really, in the GC. A first major challenge where we can say, is this man good enough in the big mountains? And Guillaume, he definitely delivered. He really did. I think there was potentially a few people here doubting his chances. He just destroyed everyone. He was like, yeah, no. And the one sad thing to say is that I really wanted him to win the stage. I really wanted him to win a stage mm-hmm. in the Malia Rossa and I'm pretty much confident he's going to keep that jersey until the end uh, and I'm going to go for a very, very early, uh, early hot take here. So I might be wrong, but I don't think we'll ever see a GC rider winning a stage on this year anymore. I mean, the breakaways have been pretty, they've been pretty strong and they've they've won almost all the mountain stages, haven't they? I think Campo Felice was the only one. Is that the only mountain stage where the breakaway haven't won? Uh, it, well, it's the stage that Bernal won. So yeah, it is. And all it the is. other mountain I think stages, at, literally, from the breakaway. Yeah, I think we're at eight out of nine uh, Healy all-mountain stages now won by breakaways. And with how Ineos behaved on today's stage, I think we're going to see that pattern for the rest of the third week. Uh, and therefore, it's going to be breakaway central. It's a real shame, really, because when you think about it, I know they've got pink and they've got a lot of management to do, energy management among their domestiques over the next few days. But... If they put Puccio or even Gano on the front, just monitored that gap a little better, you know, he's lost by less than two minutes in the end. If they came in at four minutes, Bernal wins the stage and he wins on Zonkalan in the Maglia Rosa. So it feels like it's not a massive effort to put Puccio on the front and tell him to really temper a bit into maybe the first climb and close the gap to that breakaway and give Bernal the chance to win the stage. I mean, why don't you do that? It's a difficult one for me. Absolutely, because we're not talking about not allowing the breakaway to go. We're talking about managing a gap, which is something, I mean, they, they know how to do. Come on, like they, they're, they've won many Grand Tours in their history in the past decade. They know how to manage a gap. So yeah, I feel um, I'm a bit disappointed by that because I feel like the Zonkoran, as I said exactly, I said the exact same words yesterday. The Zonkoran is a mythical climb. It's mm-hmm. the, the equivalent of the Anguru or like the Alpe d'Huez. If you win at this climb, your name is written in history. And as I said, I have nothing against Lorenzo Fortunato. I'm really, really happy that he won. But his name is, it's weird. I mean, you, you've got Basso, Michael Rogers, Chris Froome, Lorenzo Fortunato. Hey, you won't be saying that when he wins the Giro in four years for Yellow Commerce again. Oh, if he does, I mean, I'm all for it. He's 25, <laughs> as you said, but he is the main uh, prospect um, on which Eolo is like building their, their, their team. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all to see him like grow and develop into a GC rider, but for now, it's not exactly a, 
a prestigious name. I guess it just shows the ruthlessness of Ineos because they're here purely 100% to win the Giro. They don't care about stages. They've got one. They don't care about any more, clearly. Absolutely. And it's different because compared to last year, where they had lost Gary and Thomas, they had like, I think they've, they won six stages. I think seven. I, I think seven. It was like, it was an 18 stage Giro and they've won more than 33% of them. Compared to this year, which it's, it's a very different tactic and different mentality. I think if Bernal hadn't had pink uh, at this point, we probably would have seen a different scenario today. Potentially for sure. But anyway, other GC contenders, lots of movement in the GC, obviously on the Zonkalan nonetheless. And Simon Yates, finally, we've been, we've been talking about it for a few days. No one's been talking about him. We haven't seen him launch a single move. Finally, Simon Yates launches an attack and he launches himself into second place as well in the GC. Great ride by Yates today. Yeah, really does, really does. Very good move as well. Um, I think there's one rider we have to mention when we talk about Simon Yates, and it's Nick Schultz, his teammate from Back Exchange. Oh. Unreal work once again today. He 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 works in the shadows. You don't really see him. You don't really mention him. But uh, Simon Yates can thank him because he's just being an unreal teammate. And yet, uh, Yates launched an attack as soon as we reached the um, tougher portion, where I believe it was still Castrovier. No, Castrovier had just finished the job. It was Dan Martinez was the one pacing uh, Yates has gone, Bernal followed, they were the only two riders able to go. Uh, then you had Buchmann trying to follow as well, a couple of uh, meters behind. Then Dan Martinez, unreal, I mean, the teammate being in like third best place of the GC. And then Damiano Caruso trying to uh, chase around down, and I think she actually uh, overtaken, I believe, uh, Emmanuel Buchmann, propelling himself into third place of the GC. Uh, but yeah, if we take a look at the rest of the GC contenders following today's stage, we have Giulio Ciccone, uh, then Dan Martin, Buchmann, Carthy, Bardet, Vlasov losing about a minute 10 on, uh, on Bernal. And potentially the big loser of today, if he hadn't already lost uh, a couple of days ago, Remco Venepol has shown his limits today. He has, yeah. 1 minute 30 down on Bernal. I, I said yesterday it'd be over two minutes. It wasn't quite that, but I think due to the kind of defensive nature of the GC guys waiting till the very last to attack. Uh, Remco was able to limit his losses today. You know, it's to be expected. He's still in the top 10 in the GC. I think he's still got to be, you know, he won't be satisfied with his performance knowing him. But, you know, he hasn't raced for so long. We can't expect him to be there with Bernal and Simon Yates, in my opinion, right here. So for me, it's no real surprise to see Remco. And I wonder how De Koenig are going to ride the rest of this race because Joao Meta, he was held back today. He could have finished much higher up. And I know, of course, he's out the GC battle. But can they continue racing like this as Remco just, you know, leaks time over the rest of the race, not giving Joao Meta any license to try anything? I mean, to defend a ninth place in the GC, a top 10 maybe, you know. I wonder how they can change their tactic as the race goes on. But quickly, you mentioned Nick Schultz. He finished right in Remco Evenepoel's group. And yeah, he was like the best domestique today among the finishers. He is one of the most underrated, if not perhaps the most underrated rider at this Giro. He is climbing so well. Absolutely, absolutely. I think this guy deserves some recognition because he's he's too good. Uh, and regarding the situation in De Conanc, um I feel like at this point you're going to need to change your, your strategy and the offensive. Uh, Joel Meda can attack. Remco Venepoel loves to like attack at random places, but to go on just massive runs and usually does that on solo. This time he can do it in a like massive breakaway. He's three and a half, 340 down, I think, mm -hmm. in the GC now. Uh, but I think there has to be uh, either a switch of tactics or, I mean, 
I was going to say a switch of leadership. It's such a shame that Joel Meda lost that, that time on stage four. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't done it, I think we could have, have we could have had a very, very different picture of the Dukadun quick step team today. For sure. And if you, I mean, Almeida lost two minutes staying with Remco, potentially, on Montalcino, another one and a half minutes today. We could have, we could see him right there in the top five had he not, not lost that time, which is funny to say when you think how the race has gone. I feel like they definitely need to change their tactic. They've lost Masnada as well. And really, they're just, you know, they've been so dominant at Grand Tours at stage hunting. And they, they, I feel like maybe they need to go back to that strategy a little more. I know they want to focus on Remco, his first Grand Tour, but I feel like they need to adapt their strategy just a little heading into the final week somehow yeah they will and i think they will get a stage win uh they're a team they, they have the pedigree to, to win stages that's that's what they they're, they're good at if we're being honest um so i think they'll win something i don't know what but i think they'll win like you no know cavania can try and do something on a stage that could be tomorrow Yes, indeed. We'll get into that stage 15 preview very shortly, but quickly. But now stays in the Maglia Racer, of course. Now one and a half minutes ahead of Simon Yates. We have Caruso in third. Vlasov drops to fourth overall with Carthy in fifth. He's over two minutes down now on Egan Bernal. Bookman stays sixth as well with Giacone up to seventh and Remco in eighth place. And he is almost four minutes down now in the GC. And like you say, Dan Martinez, great ride today. He is, uh, he's only two seconds behind Remco as well in ninth place. So we are really seeing the GC guys stretched out a little bit here. And um, yeah, the gaps for now just opens up every mountain stage, it seems. It does. I don't think anyone can actually gain time on Bernal. I said, uh, I believe it was on the prediction video, that um, Remco would not gain time on Bernal on the, until the time trial. I think I can actually expand that, uh, yeah. that theme to the entire peloton will not gain time on Bernal. And what do you need? To, what can you do against him? Realistically, what can you do against him? Nothing. <laughs> so looking ahead to stage 15 now of the Giro d'Italia, heading from Grado to Gorizia. And we head actually into Slovenia for parts of the stage. And really, it is characterized by a finishing circuit. I think three laps of that circuit. We have one climb as well. It's just over, or just under, sorry, two kilometers, but averages around 8%. So it's quite steep. And they take that on three times before really diving down to the finish of the race. There's another very short climb. I think it's the Saber climb, 600 meters it is, but it takes place 4K from the line. So it's very close to the finish. And following that, I know, Guillaume, it's very technical to the finish. So we could well, in fact, I'm almost certain we will see some attacks launched on that final climb. Absolutely. And the only way we could potentially not see an attack would be if there is already a breakaway in the lead. Uh, and I believe tomorrow will be a stage where a lot of riders are going to try to go in the breakaways. Uh, expect to see the likes of Victor Arabanese, Simon Pelo, and Umberto Marengo, who, who've been the, mm-hmm. really the, the three musketeers uh, on this Giro. But also potentially Thomas de Rent could try to go in, in said breakaway. I'd expect Astana to send someone, whether it's going to be like uh, a Sanchez or a Fabio Fellini. Uh, and I think a lot of teams are going to try and send someone in the breakaway. Because it could be the last chance for the sprinters, but I don't think someone like Bora has any intent of pacing them. And if Bora doesn't pace, then I think the only team that actually could do so would be UAE. They're the only team, or potentially Kubeka, I guess. But Kubeka, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure they have the, the, the strength and numbers to do that. UAE, I don't think they've got any intent of doing that. Uh, and ISN could try to do so with Chimodai. Parkour suits him, but they did lose three riders. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think tomorrow we'll have a, a decent stage for the breakaway at least. 
Uh, and whether we'll see a win for them or the peloton will be up to those final three, four kilometers. You said uh, we have a very steep climb, 14% gradient on um, that climb 4K to the line. Then the, the descent isn't exactly technical. There is one strong like 90 degree left hander, uh, which we'll have to be very careful about. There could be crashes, there could be riders going out, extending track limits. Uh, and then we'll enter the um, the final town. Well, we'll, we'll enter Gorizia, uh, crossing the um, the border into Italy, and then we're into very narrow roads uh, on cobble sections. So usually that's a kind of a parkour that suits a one or two man breakaway. So we'll see how that goes. For sure, and I think, like you say, for me, it's only Bora who are going to pace in the peloton. They've got Peter Sagan, you know, Nizzolo. Can he even get over these climbs? I'm not sure, judging by the way he has climbed. So Quebeca, that will maybe put them off. And yeah, so many sprinters have gone home now. Grunewagen, Ewan, Malia. There's not too many left. So I think really it's going to be Sagan and Bora versus the rest. And that really suits the breakaway because we don't know how much Bora wants to spend with a massive GC day the following day with Bookman, of course, in their ranks. So I feel like this is a great chance for the breakaway or maybe some late attackers. I don't really see this being a mass sprint of any kind. You know, you mentioned UAE, maybe for Gaviria, he's climbed well, but I don't see that really happening. So I think it really lends itself to the breakaway. And like you say, anyone who gets over the top of that final climb, a couple of kilometers to the line, I think they have a great chance of holding out, especially if they're solo or if they're a small group. They've got a great chance because it's quite technical, lots of corners. Um, and yeah, they, they can hold on to the line for sure. So yeah, I think a lot of names who could potentially win tomorrow, Guillaume. Absolutely. I think half of the Peloton could potentially try to win tomorrow. Uh, one rider I'll still mention though, Jan Tratnik, was in the breakaway today, did a lot of efforts on the Zongolan. However, he is the remaining Slovenian rider in the Peloton following Matej Mohoric's DNF. And uh, as we enter his terrain, his country, we could uh, probably try to see him, uh, well, going in the breakaway, attempting to win or to do well on his own turf. Yeah, I I'm sure we'll see him try something at least. It's a sh real shame Masai Mohoric isn't here because I think most people would have probably predicted him to win this stage considering the parkour and where it is. But um, yeah, I will say, so the breakaway is going to be important tomorrow. So it may be important to tune in for the beginning of the stage, but I've checked Google Maps. There is a spectacular causeway from the island where the stage starts into the mainland Italy it goes on for numerous kilometers literally just a single road and I, I recommend tuning in just for that if not to watch the breakaway moving on to the predictions part of this uh, podcast we are still 2-1 up uh, following today's stage where no one predicted Lorenzo Fortunato <laughs> in an absolute shocker um, but yeah Joe what is your top three for tomorrow's stage of the Joy d'Italia Oh, well, as you said, so many people could win tomorrow. I find it really hard to pick, but I have settled on a rider I think I've predicted before at this Giro. He's a man who's won one single road race in his career, and he goes by the name of Alberto Bessio. Surely he has to be let off the leash here. Surely, if he, if in the breakaway or not for a late attack, Bessio has, you know, he's surely going to attack here. This is this stage is designed for him. Short climbs, he's got massive power, great descender. Bessio is going to win here in Gorizia. That's my, that's my shout to win. And by your face, Guillaume, I think you might agree. It's because I have the exact same pick. We have the exact same rider to win tomorrow. We both have Alberto Betiol. The scenes are absolutely unreal. Fam. We have like 160 rider peloton and we settled on the same rider. Uh, but yeah, I think Betiol has a very good card to play. Um, I think tomorrow is the only stage where Hugh Carthy doesn't really need to have his support. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a parkour that suits him. As we said, there's little cobbles towards the end. It's not exactly massive, but I mean, it could still be a little advan uh, advantage sorry, for him. And rounding up my podium, in second place, I will have Thomas Darent, 
who I think will, mm -hmm. for once, be in the breakaway. And in third place, uh, I'm going to go with a bit of a wild card. Uh, I'm going to go Francesco Gavazzi from Eolo Cometa. There you go. Love that. Love that. And um, I've realised your tactic in this prediction prediction game of ours. Now you've got the win. You're just selecting the same rider as me and defending your position. I can. I, I know what you're up to. Um, but yeah, I like that pick, obviously, as I've picked him as well. I will go for Bessiel to win too. Second place, I'm actually going to go for Tony Gallopan for ages 2 I feel like those two guys may get away solo or as a duo from the rest of the guys and Bessiel wins it. And then behind, I'll have Diego Ulissi in third position. Okay, interesting. It's good to know that we, we, we've got like decent shouts. Come on, like... For once, we're agreeing with each other. That's, that's the first time on this, Joe. I think we've agreed with each other. I think it is. I think it's the first time well, we've predicted the same rider. No. Maybe. Did we second, we both backed Cavagna to win the, um, the inaugural time trial. True, true. I mean, Cavagna, surely he's going to attack here as well. I feel like he's going to be in the breakaway and going for it. Um, he has a good chance too, I feel, today or, or on stage 15. And yeah, so many riders, just so many. I wonder if Gianni Moscon or Jonathan Narvaez even the Grenadiers might try and go in the break. I somehow doubt that. But if they do, they've got a great chance as well. If Moscon does go in the break, I think he's won, but I don't think he'd be allowed to. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Lots of chances tomorrow, but I think, um, yeah, we'll see how our predictions go. We've only had three corrects between us and hopefully we get five correct between us following uh, stage 15. Yeah, it's crazy how we've come to the same conclusion, which I think means that Bessio is destined to win. We'll see, Guillaume. Uh, I mean, if he does, uh, he can thank us. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's odd. I didn't expect us to have the same pick. I really didn't. It's Bessie all day. It's Bessie all day at the Giro. But guys, if you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure you smash the like button, follow, subscription, good reviews, whichever platform you're on always helps us out. Um, we're very much looking forward to this stage and I feel like it's going to be more exciting than the Zonkalan even. So hopefully that turns out to be the case. Guillaume, do you have any final words? Uh, yesterday was no huge coffee, uh, but tomorrow it is massive betiol. Love it. Cheers, guys.